And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to another episode of the Success Story Podcast. Today is a clip from a panel discussion I was on on crisis marketing, how to survive when the world turned upside down and COVID first hit. A lot of really good lessons that you can take with you so that you can be a more effective marketer in the future, especially when things aren't as stressful. It's good to learn the lessons that we had to apply during stressful times when COVID first hit and then take those with us so we can do better going forward. This live panel was hosted by Social Pilot. Um, so go check out Social Pilot for the full panel. And it included uh, both Brenda Meller and Andrea Jones. You will hear them briefly for the Q&A portion of this panel at the end. I hope you enjoy. Let's get right into it. Next, we have with us uh, Scott Douglas Clary. He is a B2B coach and a marketeer, uh, helping businesses scale their growth 10x. So welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the opportunity to chat. Okay. So the first question that is, uh, currently businesses are in survival mode. Right, they're in wait and watch mode. So how do they uh, reallocate resources from non-essentials to essentials, ensuring that uh, a steady pace of growth is still maintained? Yeah, sure. So this is a, this is a loaded question. And to provide some context, um, I do a few different things, uh, but my nine to five, I manage a team of sales and marketing within a large organization, and I'm responsible for the sales and marketing of certain software products within the organization, Grass Valley. Um, so obviously, uh, coronavirus has impacted us. We've had to sort of re-understand how we're going to engage with customers, how we're going to market. Uh, fortunately, the product that we sell is still very relevant, but I understand that for a lot of people, um, they're dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of struggles. Uh, you know, perhaps uh, your business is having a hard time connecting with clients. Perhaps your clients um, are that they're having a, a tough time. You know, uh, closing deals and and maintaining their revenue. So, how to allocate resources? I wrote down a couple points. Um, I think, from my point of view, I want to speak about sales and marketing. I think that's relevant for most people. So. To allocate resources, I think you have to focus on what you can control and you have to focus on um, and you have to also maintain, you have to maintain a status quo so that you don't start cannibalizing your own business. So what do I mean by that? A lot of people uh, see sales as something that costs the business a lot of money. Um, but for us, sales has essentially broken down our existing customer set into two camps to make sure 
that we can maintain our sales and maintain our relationships. So we're just revisiting our strategy and the two camps that our sales are currently focused on, the first camp are customers that can buy still from us and that's regular business as usual sales, sales approach or sales strategy. And the second camp is almost like a customer success or maintaining the relationships with these people um, during a time when their businesses may not be doing as well. So we didn't have to uh, let any sales go. We didn't have to stop our sales efforts. We really just refocused what people were doing, understanding what the customer was experiencing. So that's uh, for sales, that's the first thing I would suggest. I, the second you start um, letting go of resources and not understanding how you can make those resources work within the context of your own business and your own reality, because obviously, depending on the industry, depending on so many variables, our reality differs. But if you can find a way to maintain and, you know, quote unquote, ride out the storm, um, then that will put your business on top. So there are ways, like I just mentioned, where sales, some of them are focused on selling to viable customers. Some of them are more focused on retention and customer success. So that's one strategy for sales. Now for marketing, I would say in terms of reallocating resources, we are definitely putting more energy online. So one of the largest conferences that we had, uh, there's, I, I work in broadcast media and there's two very large conferences, one of them being uh, IBC in Las Vegas. And that was obviously canceled with all the other conferences. So a lot of our marketing resources and energy have now focused on online webinars, uh, social media, basically anything, meeting the customers where they're at, understanding the current reality, and just focusing on what's relevant to them now, which is obviously maintaining their business, keeping their business running as per usual, and where are they consuming their, their content, and where are they consuming their information, and where are they looking for trusted resources? Well, now it's all online. So uh, if you want to look at the marketing resources, you can look at social media, you can look at uh, paid advertisement, you can look at acting as a thought leader um, for you know webinars, these types of things, podcasts, anything that's relevant to what your customer is experiencing. Now, um, the last point I want to make about sort of reallocating resources is to expect that everyone in the company has been unprepared for this. I think we can say that's fair. So everyone is taking on some extra duties that perhaps they weren't really maybe built into the job description day one. And I think that's just a reality. I think we have to understand that the landscape is not expected. So uh, allocating resources, it's really just about having everyone on the same team, everyone understanding that what we're going through is not normal. So if you have certain executives or even, you know, if you have certain uh, individuals on your team that are doing things that are slightly outside their current job description, the way they were hired on, we're all in this to win at the end of the day and we're just trying to make things work. So get that culture, get that teamwork, get that, I don't know, I don't know the best way to put it, but just like that alignment across your whole organization that we're all in this. We want to maintain business operations. We don't want to downsize. We don't want to furlough. We don't want to lay off. So we're all going to have to make some adjustments. So I would say uh, sell to who you can sell to and then maintain relationships with who you can't. Market where your customers are at and then everyone just sort of has to play ball. And that's really um, the best way that I found that we can sort of adjust to, to the, the business environment that we're in right now. I think those are really great points that you've made, I'm sure. Um, the other question uh, that I had is that you might have uh, interviewed many mentors as a part of your success story podcast. Are there any specific qualities that you've 
observed across the table that have made them so successful? Yes, definitely. So again, so a little bit of context. I also run a podcast where I interview incredible people um, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of lessons learned. There are some uh, entrepreneurs, there's some executives, there's some people that have just been very successful in whatever category of life they've chosen to uh, you know, go down that path. So a lot, of the, a lot of the things that I pull out of these people to sort of highlight what drives success, regardless of whether or not you're starting your own business, or you could be uh, somebody who's you know, very passionate about succeeding in a career within a company. Um, it doesn't really matter, but there's principles that drive success across all of these individuals. So one that I really like to focus on is curiosity. Um, something that I found uh, both in myself and other people that have been successful in whatever they're doing um, in entrepreneurs definitely is the willingness to go and learn and just discover and understand new things. I think that that's probably one of the best traits that you can have as somebody who just wants to be better in whatever you're doing in life. Because if you aren't curious, you're not going to have that, you know, that internal intrinsic motivation to go learn new things. So curiosity is a big one. Um, uh, passion, you know, we always hear about passion, but if you are going to commit to doing anything and you want to get ahead of where you're at currently, passion is important because uh, whatever you're doing, building a business, uh, working in a job that you're, you're you know, you're learning a, a new skill, whatever. If you're not passionate about it, you're going to get burnt out because it takes X amount of hours. I think it's like 10,000 hours to get like climatized and successful at whatever you're doing. And you're, you're, <laughs> I guess the, the glory or the, uh, the, 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 I guess, what's the best way to put it? A lot of the niceties and the enthusiasm, if you don't have that passion, it dries up after a while. It's hard to just do something just for the money, for example. Um, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, uh, it better be something that you're passionate about so that you can maintain yourself and you can maintain your interest in it through all the times when it's tough, when you're struggling all the down points so that in the end you can sort of come out on top. So passion's super important. And I'll just do, um, I'll do one more. Uh, this one I liked a lot. Saying yes, but also saying no. So that's confusing. What does that mean? So saying yes means that you're always saying yes to opportunities. You're always saying yes. If somebody asks you, can you do this? Do you want to do this? For example, um, maybe there's opportunities for a lot of people here to jump on webinars for the first time speak about something that they're passionate about, uh, regardless of whether or not you're an entrepreneur or within a company, just say yes and go do it. But at the same time, a successful entrepreneur has to say no and not saying no to opportunity, but saying no to distraction. So being hyper-focused on that end goal or that North Star metric, whatever it is. Um, so I would say, say yes to opportunity, but really be hyper-focused and say no to things that are distracting you from what your end goal is, what your, what your final result, whatever you want that to be. So know what that is and sort of drive, drive to it. So those would be three really good, uh, three really good takeaways. So curiosity, uh, saying yes to every opportunity, but saying no to distraction, and then definitely uh, passion so you can persevere. Yeah, uh, those are really great qualities as well, in my opinion too. Um, so uh, do you think that the 10x growth that is sort of, um, your go-to uh, strategy for most businesses. Is it viable for uh, B2B businesses right now with supply chains being broken down? There are nationwide lockdowns being happening. Now, now things have started opening up slowly 
and but people are still not positive or keen on sending their kids back to school or um, going to restaurants to have dinner or something like that. So do you think growth right now for certain businesses is still a viable option? So first, let's talk about 10x. So what does 10x mean? So 10x can mean, in my mind, um, two things. 10x can be literally increasing your business by a factor of 10. Or the way that I like to interpret it um, is truly just achieving massive success in whatever you're striving to do. And that may be cheating a little bit, but I firmly do believe that um, I, I like, the, I like the, the way to phrase it. I like that it has a little bit of um, like a shock factor because you mentioned, do you 10X a business? Well, I don't think that if you're going through hard times, if uh, your revenue's down, if your supply chain's broken, um, the current environment is conducive to striving to achieve 10X revenue. We're not trying to um, achieve unicorn status uh, during one of the toughest financial times in history. That's not really... Uh, it could be for some people, for example, I'm sure Zoom is doing incredible and Netflix is, is doing incredible, but that's not the reality for most businesses. So um, 10x by, so increase your business by a factor of 10 may not be a smart way to look at it. Now, 10x from where you're at today to a successful game plan, if you need to pivot your strategy, if you need to pivot your entire marketing playbook, if you need to change uh, even the products you sell or how you sell them, and you are taking your business down an entirely new path for the first time because you're forced to, um, maybe 10X isn't the right word, but achieving massive success during a time when a lot of people are giving up is definitely viable. Now you have to be realistic about what success is and success could be maintaining your top line revenue. Success could be not laying off any staff. Success could be surviving another year uh, if you only have so much funding and so much runaway. So, Determine what your success is, but be strategic and understand that there usually is a way to achieve that success, even in dark times, and then go for that and be very, uh, be, be very driven and be very purposeful about where you're going. And I know many people listen to this and they're like, well, listen, what happens if you're losing revenue? There have been lots of examples, and I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I can find some of CEOs that have managed to effectively, you know, cut certain salaries, take slight portions off executive salaries, redistribute the wealth around the company, keep people on board, uh, obviously rejig job descriptions, for example. So there's ways to achieve massive success during a pandemic against what's going on with everyone else. You just have to make sure that you're purposeful and you don't take shortcuts and you don't have knee-jerk reactions to, to what's going on. And I think that in my mind, that would be a, a 10X uh, or rather just a massive win for anybody who's struggling right now. Um, so now I think we have the floor open for all of our experts and anybody can share their thoughts on these questions. Uh, so my first question to all of you all would be uh, the engagement levels and the reach levels on social media organically have uh, lessened. I don't know why, because more, time, more people are spending more time on social media, but still engagement levels are not there. So if you do run or uh, run engagement for a page or a group, how are you maintaining that those levels of engagement? I'll jump in here and I'll kind of speak from the perspective of I've, I've experienced managing multiple social media platforms. My expertise is in LinkedIn, so I'll let Andrea speak to kind of 
um, the Facebooks and the Instagrams. I'm sure, sure she has a lot of depth and knowledge in, in those sites, but from the perspective of LinkedIn, I mean, the algorithm's always changing, and I think this applies to every single network. They're always changing, but I kind of think about, you know, I'm a marketer, so I'm always trying to think about who is my ideal target audience and why do they care about what I'm posting? And then on the other side of that is what are, what are the rules of the algorithm and how can I kind of try to understand how those rules are changing? Ultimately, all of these platforms, their goal is to keep people on the site longer and to show more popular performing content more often because that keeps you engaged. I like to call this the trade show effect. So think about if you walk into an event and there's a 10 or 20 vendor tables and everybody's kind of trying to make eye contact with you. And then there's that one table and there's a bunch of people crowded around. They look like they're laughing, having fun. Maybe there's a prize wheel or something going on and you're kind of like, oh, what's going on over there? It's the same thing with social media posts. The ones that start to generate engagement, a little bit of a snowball effect starts and people are drawn to that post. So knowing that there are some techniques that you can do, one of which is find people who are your brand ambassadors or employees to start the engagement process by liking, commenting on the post. And when they comment, make sure that they, they do so with five or more words. That's really key on LinkedIn to jumpstart the algorithm and get things going. You're never gonna game the system and nobody's gonna get the playbook to the algorithm, but I think kind of understanding what is human behavior and you know, when you think about getting, uh, getting that algorithm kind of jumpstarted by using people who are likely to engage with your content and asking them. Now I'll do this often, I'll be like, if you guys are on Miller Marketing, make sure you tag me and I will always reply back. So kind of using those techniques of understanding human behavior can help to work across that. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to break the, the system and, and get the engagement up because it's their rules, right? But you know, focusing your content on your ideal target audience is key. I'll piggyback off of that and just add that right now we're not so focused on maintaining or increasing engagement. We're mm -hmm. really focused on nurturing the people who are showing up and who are participating. So oftentimes right now, this is like kind of a weird time. We're all experiencing this for the first time. We've not had a pandemic lockdown like this. Um, so for a lot of us, it's going into our communities and making sure that the people who are showing up are nurtured. Um, so for instance, I mentioned the Savvy Social School and how with those members, we have seen an increase in membership, but what helps is that our current members are showing up because they're getting what they need from that and really showing that we're nurturing them and spending more time with them. So in practicality, what that means is we usually do two coaching calls a month. We went up to weekly calls. Even some weeks we had two weekly uh, strategy calls with our members because that's what they needed. They needed someone to talk to, someone who could give them a, a response back. Um, so I think figuring out how you can basically double your value of your service and really serve the people who are right in front of you. Um, in public social media arenas, we're doing things like more video content, um, more content where, the, you know, like um, Brenda mentioned, the algorithm really likes when people are paying attention to your content. So instead of posting more, we're posting less and just focusing on quality quality, 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 so we can get as many people engaging with those posts as possible so that the algorithm stays happy. Um, but really focusing on the people who are showing up instead of trying so hard to get new people into the community right now. I had one, one last point that I, I come from a, a sales background, but I obviously um, am heavily involved in marketing. 
Um, so the one thing that I focus on for all content is the exact same thing that I, I tell people that are selling to focus on, which is uh, modify the messaging to lead with empathy and just have an awareness of what's going on right now. And if you don't do that, um, you're going to you're going to lose customers that could have been signing up when they do have budget or they do come around when this all comes to pass. You know what I mean? So I think that right now, any any post you put out, any video you put out, any even if you're doing paid advertising, if it's not empathetic and and very relevant to what's happening, um, you're going to burn bridges and you're going to tick a lot of people off. So that's one thing that I focus on for marketing, but also if you're selling anything to anyone, which marketing really is at the end of the day, it may not be a, a phone call, but it's still the, the messaging that you, you put in and you put out there is very important to focus on. Very true. Um, so let's just have the expectation versus reality uh, tab right now. Uh, we did create uh, campaigns for our clients at the start of 2020. And like Andrea mentioned, and even Brenda touched upon that, they don't work anymore. So uh, have those campaigns or the clients, have they shifted? And if yes, how have you dealt with convincing your clients to adhere to a different strategy or a different uh, marketing objective for this year or this quarter? That's a great question. So I think, you know, as marketers, as business owners, as leaders, we always have to be thinking about what is our strategy given the current market condition, you know, given what's happening in the marketplace and things, things are changing all the time. And what you may have had at the start of the year may not be relevant anymore. And, and there might be opportunities in new areas and, and your key product is no longer in demand in the market because of various changes. But I think one, one strategy is always to think about, you know, kind of doing a SWOT analysis. You know, the strengths and weaknesses are things that you can control within your business. Opportunities and threats are things that exist whether or not you're in business or not. So, you know, um, kind of identifying what those are. And I don't think any of us had, you know, like Andrea was saying earlier, none of us had um, pandemic in our, in our threats category before, right? But now we all do, right? And, and now it's, it's on there and we have to kind of think about what is going to be the impact of our business for the next six months. And then we need to think about the, the after the pandemic, after things kind of settle down, where does our business land? So, you know, strategies and campaigns that you've, you've come up with at the beginning of the year may no longer be valid, but they also might still be valid and you might need to just need to shelf them for a while. And then when the timing is right, you know, to, to Scott's point, we don't want to be tone deaf. We want to make sure that the messages we're putting out to the market are relevant given the current situation. But when the timing is right, you might dust those campaigns off and maybe tweak and modify the words again. And then you could still put them out into, into place. But I think you have to kind of be understanding and be, you know, truthful and honest with, the situation. You can't just push messages out in the market and keep your fingers crossed. I think you've got to kind of understand the given situation and be able to kind of flex that a little bit. One of the things that we're doing with our clients is taking this opportunity to really evaluate the humanity of it all. Um, so I think sometimes as marketers, we get a little overzealous. I know I do with all of the fancy schmancy marketing tools and the newest things. And I just had to convince the client that like, no, we don't need to be on TikTok right this second. Um, and so it's things like that, where this kind of transition is a great opportunity to reassess what our long-term goals are and figure out a way to get there in spite of it all. 
Um, but because of this, because of where we are, I think leaders are even more important. So that's a conversation I've been having with my clients is how can you show up as leader? What does that look like? Because a lot of my clients are coaches and consultants and uh, service-based business owners who they have their own micro audiences who are waiting to hear from them. Um, one of my newer clients is a, a travel agent who just started her business right before this whole thing happened. So for her, she was really stuck on how do I continue to show up as a travel agent when we can't travel? And it's as simple as acknowledging that what we're doing right now is different and then providing information that your audience is looking for. So when can we travel? How can we get a refund on our Airbnbs? Who do we call if we need to rebook a flight? People are looking for those uh, answers. And if you can be the person to provide them, then you're putting yourself in as the leader. So creating content that leads to that is key right now. Um, things like YouTube videos and, um, you know, right when this happened, there was a bunch of like, how do you work from home kind of content pieces. And basically the people who posted that first got to reap the benefits of that. So as we go through the rest of this pandemic, the next six months, the next year, how can you think one step ahead of your audience, what questions they're asking or they're going to ask and be there providing that content and be the leader that's going to show them what, how, to they, how they get to where they're trying to go. I can add just one more thing, not to be redundant. So those are both really good points. Um, I think from uh, an organizational point of view, uh, everything, yes, you want to meet the clients where they're at. You want to make sure that you're not tone deaf. Um, but you also want to realize that this may be an opportunity to uh, cross off some of the other things that you're putting off because obviously we're not exceeding, you know, that three or five or 10% revenue increase year over year. So let's maintain status quo. And you mentioned about reallocating resources. So maybe we start looking at some of those things that have been put off forever and ever and ever. And then that's like, a, you know, now's a really good time to go and tackle those and investigate those because we know that everything else is sort of at a standstill. It depends on the business, depends on the industry, but that could be an opportunity too. That's great. Um, I think, yeah. Um, can we do one question, one more question because we are running a little short on time. Uh, all right, so maybe the last question that, what is one key strategy or messaging that currently people can easily fall back on to create more runway for their business? I can start, I'll do one. I'd say the number one most important thing for me is to, is to have that human approach. So to make sure that anything you put out into the world, anything you communicate to your customers, uh, anything you communicate to your employees, your peers, your coworkers, it's like transparency, uh, empathetic, you're aware of what's going on, you're human, um, and that, that's who wins. Like, you know, leaders who aren't, who aren't real. Um, yeah, maybe your employees are, are hard-pressed to find a new job, but the second they realize that you're not being honest with them about business goals, um, you know, you said things were good this week, but they got laid off next week, peers talk, you're not going to be a place where they're going to ever want to work again, and that's going to get around. If you're not authentic with your marketing messaging, if you're pushing stuff the same way you're pushing it, if you're doing um, like an automated campaign that has irrelevant messaging and it's insensitive to what's going on right now, even if the customer is not buying now, they've blacklisted you forever. 
just because you're being, um, you're just being not, you're not being authentic. So I'd say just be human, be authentic and, and be careful about how you communicate. It's the most important to be as human as possible right now. That's my one thing. I would add to that and say for the human element, I know there's a, probably a mixture of people watching this right now, whether you're in a larger company or you're kind of a solopreneur freelancer. If you could have a voice for that human element, I think that could be very helpful. Um, so even some of the larger companies that we're working with have a person who's like the voice of the podcast or the face you're seeing on YouTube. Um, and I think having that person helps people connect. Um, and so if you can assign that to someone within your company or if you're that person, I think that takes that human element to a whole new level. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my advice with a story and I don't know if you're religious or not, but that, I, and I, I don't know the exact kind of realm of the story, but there's a guy who's in a house and there's a flood that's happening and he says to God, please save me. And, and day two, a boat comes by and the person says, hey, let's rescue you and get you out of here. And the guy says, no, 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 God's gonna save me, God's gonna save me. And the next day, you know, he's up to his roof and the water keeps rising and another boat comes by and, and he says, um, you know, let's get out of here. And the guy's like, no, 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 God will save me. And, and then the next day the water goes over the roof of the house and the guy drowns and he goes up to heaven and he says to God, why didn't you save me? And God says, what do you think the boats were for? <laughs> so for all of us, I mean, right now, pay attention to the opportunities and talk to your employees, talk to your team members. Where are there opportunities for your business? I mean, for me, I've had to flex pretty quickly and move from in-person to online and on-demand and webinars and offering different things because, you know why? Because I've been listening. I've been, I've been listening to the boats that are coming around me and people are saying, hey, can you do a, um, a, a webinar? Can you do an online course? I'm paying attention. And, and in the past, I might've said no, because those aren't, you know, a large revenue source for me, but now I have to kind of pay attention to the boats that are coming. So, you know, when you come across webinars like the Social Pilot event and um, you think there might be something in there that can help your business, you know, register for those webinars and ask your employees, what are you hearing? What are people asking us for? It might not be in your traditional mix of products and services, but there may be opportunities that you just need to be open and, and be receptive to those. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. 
Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay.